Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and if you would like to catch past episodes of the podcast, you can check it out on iTunes or on SoundCloud.com by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. All right, we are going to get right into the Word of God today. So uh, if you would bow your hearts with me, we're going to pray, and then we're going to seek the Lord together in His Word. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that, God, you are with us every moment of our day. God, when we go to work, you're with us. When we drive in our car, you're with us. When we're around other people, you're with us. God, I thank you that you're with us always. And you're with us even to the end of this age. So every day of our life, every moment, God, you are by our side. God, I thank you that you go before us. God, I thank you that you prepare a way for us. God, I thank you that you have plans for us that are supernatural, that come from heaven. God, I thank you that you've designed our lives. You have a blueprint of for us, a blueprint of discipleship, a blueprint of following after you, a blueprint of how we can be a blessing to others. Lord, I pray that today we would pay attention to your voice. God, I pray that today we would uh, turn our ears to hear you. God, I pray that you would unstop our ears if we have become hardened in our hearts or hardened in hearing you, that we would seek you today. And Lord, that we would seek you with all of our heart and find you and know the way that we're supposed to go and that we would walk in it. Jesus, thank you for this time together. God, thank you for your word, which is living and active. God, I pray that it would pierce our soul with goodness, that it would infuse in us just the thing that we need for this moment. God, I thank you that your word, your Bible is like manna. It's it's this mysterious thing that, that nourishes us and feeds our very soul. So God, I pray that as we look intently into the word of God, that you will meet us here. We pray these things in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. All right, today uh, we're going to start off in Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, verse 27, Jesus is teaching, uh, and then Jesus is confronted by the religious people who are accusing him, and he answers with, with, a, with a great reply that confounds the religious leaders. And as he is confounding the religious leaders, a woman in the crowd cries out and says this, verse 20, uh, Luke eleven twenty-seven. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So this woman was saying, uh, blessed be the day you were born. Blessed be Mary, your mom, who was able to birth you and nurse you. Uh, She is truly a blessed woman. And he says, rather blessed are you, the believer in Christ today. Blessed rather, instead of Mary, the mother of Jesus, blessed rather are you if you hear the word of God and obey it. Many people have the word of God on their lips, but aren't living it out. Many people have the word of God tattooed on their arm, have it hanging on a wall, hanging in their house, have Bible after Bible in their house, and they've heard the word of God week after week in sermons, but very few actually obey it and live it out. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed beyond Mary, blessed beyond the mother who nursed Jesus Christ is you if you obey the word of God. Let's go from here over to 2 Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, Paul the Apostle is talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he's saying to him, you know, there's a gift of faith that was passed down from your grandmother to your mother to you. And he says this in 2 Timothy verse 6, and we're going to read here for a little while. It says, for this reason, because your faith has been passed down to you, 
I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Catch that. He has called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. This is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted him into him until that day. What is it that Paul has entrusted to God? It's his own spirit. It's his own life. He's entrusted his his soul to Jesus. And he says he, he can trust him. And on that day, he will go to heaven. So verse 13 here, 2 Timothy 1.13. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Jesus says to the woman who calls out to him, he goes, blessed really is the one who hears the word of God and obeys it. And then Paul, speaking to his son in the faith, is saying, uh, fan into flame this gift that's been deposited into you. He says to him that uh, it's, it's a pattern that he should follow after and guard this deposit that's within him with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in him. And that's the same admonition to us today. If there was a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad speaking to you right now, they would say, take the faith that, that's planted in you and fan it into a bigger flame. Don't just ignore it. Don't just leave it alone and hope it grows on its own, but pursue the gift of God that's within you. And when I'm talking about the gift of God, it's the, it's the, the, the discipleship process. The discipleship process in your life is up to you seeking God. It's not up to a program. It's not up to a happenstance. It's not up to somebody else to come in and and make sure you know things. It's between you and the Lord. And so you say to God, God, disciple me, show me how to fan into flame by the help of, it didn't say pastors. It didn't say leaders. It didn't say friends. It said with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So we're going to talk a little bit about friendship for a second, because I really do believe that we are, once we are born again, once we are born into this new life of the spirit, we are placed in a body of believers. And if we think that we can survive without this body of believers, we're mistaken because Jesus designed the church that we wouldn't just be a part of a body like a hand or a foot or a head or a, or any part of the body by itself, because by itself, it is really not useful, but together we are useful for the kingdom. There is no lone wolf in Christianity. We are meant to be together as iron sharpens iron to spur one another on through love and good deeds to rub against each other in a negative way so that we can be uh, transformed, that we can grow up in all spiritual ways, so that we can inspire one another. The body of Christ is so useful, and it is a perfect thing that God created. It changes us. There's nothing like it. We need to be part of the body of Christ, not just attending, but be part, be plugged in, have friendships and fellowship and deep relationship with those uh, in, in our local church. Our discipleship process, however, is is designed 
by the great designer. Again and again and again, the Bible tells us, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He says it in Isaiah. He says it in Jeremiah. He says it in Psalms. He continues to speak even uh, to Job when Job calls out and he says, cursed be the day that I was born. But God said, I knew the plan that, that was for your life, Job. And God knows the plan that's for your life. He designed it. And the Holy Spirit will walk you through step by step by step by step. We can't be dependent on somebody besides the Holy Spirit to disciple us. Our discipleship comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit will use your pastor. He will use your friends. He will use your prayer partner. He will use your husband. He will use your children. He will use anyone and everyone who is willing to bend their knee to him and be used by him to disciple you. But your discipleship process is designed by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to move forward, if you want to grow deeper, if you want to fan into flame the faith that's inside of you, you need to call out to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I want to know more. I want to grow deeper. I want things in my life to move forward. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. And He will bring people. He will bring books. He will bring uh, the Word of God to life for you. And the discipleship process will become life-giving to you. But your, your discipleship process is not you waiting around for something to happen. Paul says to his son Timothy, he says, Fan into flame the gift that's been given to you. Guard the good deposit of what's been entrusted to you. We don't take a beautiful gift and ignore it. We take a beautiful gift and we take care of it. Are you taking care of your faith? Are you fanning your faith into something more, something brighter, something deeper? I want to turn over uh, right now to Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah uh, chapter 20, the Lord is, is um, oh, we're going to go before chapter 20. Um, in chapter 2, we're going to go all the way back to chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2. The Lord is is using Jeremiah to rebuke the people of God. He's re- rebuking Ju- uh, Judah and Jerusalem, and he's calling out the things that they have done that have been against God. It says that they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. They followed worthless idols made of wood and stone an idol, anything besides God, they followed that. And because they followed things other than God, they became worthless themselves. In Jeremiah 2.13, the Lord's speaking and he says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So what are the two things? They have forsaken God, who is living water, who uh, when we're thirsty, he satisfies us, who never runs out, who's never too busy, who's never uh, not available, who's never uh, without, the one who, who is abundantly more than we could ask or hope. They have forsaken that living water that will satisfy them. They have forsaken God. And then secondly, they've turned to cisterns or things that would carry water that are broken. The woman in in Luke cries out, Blessed is Mary. And he says, No, not Mary. Blessed is the one who hears the word of God and obeys it. And then Timothy, in Timothy, uh, Paul speaking to him, and he says, You know, you're blessed when you fan into flame that what God's given you. That's like, don't just hear the word of God, but do something with it. It's obey it. It's walk it out. It's live it out. It's, uh, It's manifest in your life. 
and in Jeremiah says there's two sins. One is that you would turn to uh, you would turn away from God, and secondly that you would turn to something else. What is it that God's trying to put together in this string of of scriptures? It's that we have a responsibility to seek the Lord. I love where it says that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The Lord is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who has this whole plan designed for us. And it's not up to us to sit on our hands and wait. It's not up for us to be tossed back and forth through any doctrine that comes our way. It's not up to us to just sit back and let somebody else hopefully feed us what we need. Our our Christian walk, our following Jesus has to be us listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us. And then doing what he says, letting him disciple us, letting him guide our path, our footsteps, our next move, our, our, our coming and our going, our decisions, our, the way that we talk, the way that we act, the relationships that we have, the way we spend our time, that we would be living sacrifices that he could do with us as he pleases, that we would be like clay in the potter's hand, that he could mold us and form us any way that he wants to. But instead, many of us have taken this gift of discipleship, this gift of the Word of God, this gift of following God, and we've put it up on a shelf right next to the place where we've put our Bible up on the shelf, where we put our prayer time up on the shelf. And I want to talk for just a second about this travesty that I I, I see so many times in in the, the life of a Christian, and that's where people will say, I don't have a concentrated time of prayer in my life because I'm just praying all the time. And I think that's wonderful. I think we should be praying all the time. But God wants moments where you're concentrated just on Him and not Him and the dishes, not Him and driving in the car, not Him and something else, but just on Him. And when we can focus in on just Him, if we can be silent before the Lord, if we would seek the Lord with all of our heart and all of our attention, then so many things would change and develop in our lives. But we've lessened God down to a secondary thing. We've said we're too busy to concentrate for 10 minutes alone with the Lord. We say we're too busy for five minutes. We're too busy for an hour. And if we would just bend our knee to the God who told the oceans where to stop. If we would just bend our knee to the one who knows abundantly more than we could ever come up with on our own. Then our lives would be transformed by the power of his spirit. We are depending on the wisdom of others. And we need to depend on the wisdom of God. We are depending on the wisdom that comes from our own wicked hearts. Our, our hearts are not what we should follow. God is who we should follow. And we can't follow him as secondary. Like Jeremiah is saying, you're making idols out of wood and out of um, metal. And we're making idols out of Facebook and out of others' uh, advice over our lives instead of what God is speaking to us. Now, I know that there's a few of you that would say, I, I don't hear God talk. I don't hear God speak. God speaks through his word. His word is living water. His word is the bread of life that we need. And so if you would would concentrate some time and say, God, speak to me. I'm listening. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself to me in the word? And then open up the Bible and begin to read. And then listen and reflect and say, God, I want to meditate on your word. God, what are you saying to me in this passage? 
And you know what? If he doesn't say anything, come back and do the same thing tomorrow. Come back and do the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day until God speaks to you. Another way is to really listen to the sermon that your pastor preaches and say, God, what is it that this sermon, how is it supposed to apply to me? God speaking through the, the proclaimed word of God. God, what is it you have for me? God, what is it you're saying to me in this? And then through times of silence, not with lots of blaring worship music and 50 other things going on, but God in constant, coming to God in concentrated silence, that God, what are you saying to me today? I'm listening and wait, wait in the presence of God. He has a plan to disciple you. Just like it says in Timothy, that, that by the Holy Spirit, you can use the gift of faith that's, that's deposited in you to guard this deposit, not to look at it as useless or worthless, but the Holy Spirit of the living God dwells in you. The King of all other kings ever created deposited a gift inside of you, and that's the Holy Spirit. And He wants to move you and disciple you and, and change you. But we have to listen. We can't forsake the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. We can't put it on the back shelf and, and expect for us to, to, to be followers of God. In Jeremiah, later on in chapter 2, it says, You have forgotten me for days without number. There's not even a number to the, the days that you haven't sought me. I was convicted today as, as I was praying with a friend that sometimes the things that in this past week, there's things that have been heavy on my heart, issues that I have, or things that make me a little uncomfortable. And I brought them to friends instead of bringing those issues to God. The Lord says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. And as much as my friends care for me, God cares a whole lot more. As much as my friends care for me, God knows a whole lot more. As much as my friends are wise, God's wisdom is so much deeper. As much as my friends do care, God's care for me is abundant. God's care for me is eternal. And so I need to seek the Lord with the things that are upsetting me because he's the one that stills my heart, that brings peace, that's an anchor for my soul. I bring myself to the Lord as a living sacrifice. I don't bring myself as a living sacrifice to anything else besides the Lord. So who is it that I'm serving today? Am I serving God? And if I'm serving God, then why haven't I talked to him? Why haven't I gotten my orders from him? Let's turn back to to 2 Timothy because there's a verse uh, coming up after that uh, in chapter 2. So if we go back to 2 Timothy 2. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, it says this. It says, No one serving a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And my question to you today is, are you pleasing yourself? Are you pleasing those around you? Or are you out to please God at whatever cost? Who's your commanding officer? Who directs your day? If you say it's the Lord then we have to live that out. If you say, um, blessed is the one who, uh, who nursed you, no, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So if you say um, with your lips, oh, I, uh, Jesus is my commanding officer. Jesus is the one I get direction for. When is the last time he spoke to you? When is the last time you listened to him? When is the last time you got your orders, your direction from him? 
There are so many ideas out there. But God has a blueprinted design just for you. And if you seek Him with all of your heart, you will find Him. So many times in the Bible, I think there's three or four different times where where it says, the eyes of the Lord search to and fro, looking for one who is truly His, one whose heart uh, is, is truly His, and He wants to bless them. Is your heart truly His? Is it just lip service? Is it just an idea? Is it just, um, the, has, it, has it become an action of going to church, coming home for, for lunch, going to church, going to church? Or is it your whole life transformed and laid before God where he can say, go and you go, stop and you stop. Go here and you go there. Be a blessing, be kind, be self-controlled, be generous and you listen. We need to fan into flame the the deposit that's been put inside of us. We need to listen to the voice of God and do what he says, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And the most helpful thing is to get around people who are doing that same thing. Because when you're spurred on by one another uh, through their love and their good deeds, when you're around people who are seeking the Lord, you want to seek the Lord. When you're around people who are living out their faith, you want to live out your faith. But when you're around hypocrites, when you're around those that are just going to church for for the, the routine of it, when you're around people who don't pray, then we're going to begin to think that's normal. And that's like a disease. That's like an infection. But the believer has to be one that's praying daily. The believer has to be one who has a commanding officer named Jesus Christ and no one else. The believer has to be one who's found in prayer, in that secret place where God heals and restores and gives direction and molds and shapes us and disciples us and breathes that, that living breath into us, that, that feeds us that living water. Otherwise, we're making cisterns. We're making things to hold our water that has great cracks in it, and eventually it will fall and fail. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. Those who trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. No shadow of shame will be upon their faces. And I love in Timothy how how Paul is talking to Timothy. He goes, I'm in change, but it's okay that I'm jailed. It's okay that I'm in prison because I know the one in whom I have tr- I have trusted. And the only way to know, to have that confidence, the only way to know him is to be with him. The only way to be with him is through concentrated times of prayer and through reading the word of God. And so I want to encourage you today to hear the voice of God. I want to encourage you today to stop relying on somebody else's manna, somebody else's bread, somebody else's word from the Lord and go and seek the Lord yourself. And if you don't feel like God's talking to you today, go seek him tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that because God wants to be around his people. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom to ask and he will give generously to all. Generous wisdom poured on us. He wants to lavish his love on us. And the Bible is just a continual story of God wanting to bless his people, wanting to pour out his love on his people and them turning away. Are you one that will turn away today or will you turn to God, who is the most important, who will be with you now, even to the very end of the age, who will be with you through eternity, who will usher you into the kingdom of heaven? I want to live for Jesus Christ alone. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. But it all has to come through him, not ourselves or other people. So I pray that this word bless you today. 
Um, just to review, we were in Second Timothy 1 and 2. We were in Luke chapter 11 and in Jeremiah chapter 2. So you can go back and review those verses and study them. Uh, thank you for listening. God bless you. Let's pray together to close. Uh, God, we come before you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being a deposit that's, that's inside the believer. And God, I pray for those who feel far from you to come near today. I pray for those who feel uh, just like so distant from you that, God, they would realize there's no distance in the Spirit and all they need to do is cry out, Abba, Father, and you are there. God, I pray that you would forgive us for our lack of attention to the God of the universe. God, I pray that you would forgive us for the days where we have not sought your faith face. And God, I pray that we would seek you with all of our hearts today. God, I pray that we wouldn't let another day go by. It wouldn't be like in the book of Jeremiah where it says you can't even count the number of days that it's been since you've You've, you've been with your people. God, I pray that today would be the day that we would call on your name and so would tomorrow and the day after and the day after. God, I pray that we would hunger and thirst for you and you alone. God, I pray that you would be the object of our affection, that God, you would be the center of the, what, the, the, the thing that we love would be you. God, I pray that our eyes would turn towards you, our attention towards you. God, I pray for those who are weary that you would restore them. God, I pray for those who have lost hope that, God, you would uh, renew their hope. God, I pray that as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. We thank you for your, your promises and your word that are true. They are things that we can stand on. And today, God, we trust you. Be with your people, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.